poems and proverbs. Hello, my friends. This is Eli Shackelford, Wake of Life out of the great Salt Lake City. And let me say thank you. Thank you for your generous support and feedback. That's what keeps Wake of Life going. We were able to cover Eduardo's rent this month over $900. Much of that came from you guys, Way Good Life supporters, and I am so thankful. That's what it's all about. Eduardo is a dear friend, but if you have not heard how we met, second ever episode of Way Good Life, Dave's Kitchen, go listen to that story. I love being able to live with freedom, generosity, and expectation because that lifestyle only grows more expansive as it goes. Thank you for helping create that reality. Hey, I know you haven't heard from me for a minute. It's not you, it's me. It's not that I haven't written. I wrote some things. I mean, I did. I wrote whole episodes, poems, thoughts, even a parable. I edited a complete podcast with music that I won't publish, which takes longer than you think. But it's true. I haven't published in a bit. Do you do this in your work? You ever pour yourself into something that others will never see? It used to be really frustrating. Over the years, I've created so much that I will never release. But now, I mean, let's be real, it's still frustrating, but at least I realized that uh, nothing is for nothing, that everything is for something. Those hours are not wasted. They may not make it anywhere beyond my own mind, but they had to be given to be sacrificed to create the next thing. That's how this works. What have you given to get to your best? What have you sacrificed to produce the thing that came after that? I found it helpful to honor those sacrifices because, come on, what else are you going to (laughs) do? Like seriously, the podcast you're not hearing, you know, the one I wrote, recorded, mixed, produced, had Lindsay listen to, that was all in response to some people wanting more Bible in my podcast. And I gave that project hours, I did, but it's not getting aired ever. Even Lindsay, who's my biggest fan, said, eh, kind of felt like church. <laughs> and it did, but a little bit grumpier. So yes, yes, it's been a bit, but Way Good Life is still here, still doing life, still loving people and looking for time to get some thoughts out. And I wouldn't be sharing this if I didn't think it might be helpful. So again, where do you need to cut yourself some slack? Where do you need to say, you know what? Not my best work. <laughs> where do you need to try again? I had a not my best work moment this Sunday too. You know I'm a pastor for my day job, right? It was what it was. I gave an effort, but my part didn't come out the way I wanted it to. Or really, the way the text deserved. Because Sundays, for you bible people, they are straight out of the Bible. And if you want to do more Bible, every Sunday, 9 o'clock, I'll put a link to the Facebook page in my notes. But seriously, this isn't just an intro. Where, how, when, what would it look like for you to honor the sacrifices? You know that's another word for failures, right? The sacrifices that have led to your success. Because those things brought you somewhere, and you couldn't have gotten there without them. You see this, right? And you gotta know, your spirit is so much healthier, so much better, when you can look those things in the eye, you know, the sacrifices, the failures, and say, thank you. Maybe they're relational for you. Thank you. Maybe you had to date that big jerk butt face poo poo head to know what you were looking for, who you were looking for. Thank you. Maybe they're from your childhood. Thank you. Or vocational. Thank you. Maybe they're entirely on you and you know 
those are the hardest. Those are the hardest ones. But but thank you. If it led you to a new place, thank you. Maybe there are things that have been done to you. You don't have to pretend like everything is good or, or that you would ever choose those things. Of course not. Come on, if it was up to me, everything I did would be amazing and everything done to me would be generous and loving and helpful. Not here, not this life, not how it works. This process is about embracing the ways that you became you. And it's good. I mean, it's painful. Oh man, is it painful sometimes? But it's good. It's healing and it's helpful. And it takes just a touch out of the sting of putting hours into, I don't know, say a Way Good Life episode that will never be heard. Hmm. Here's an original proverb from Way Good Life. Put your redos, your losses, and your attempts on the same shelf as your wins, because when the medals are handed out, they're the very closest of friends. Oh, it's the first proverb I've ever written. Today is called Proverbs and Poems, mainly because it sounded cooler than just Proverbs. And, ironically, today does have more Bible than usual. If you count the Hebrew book, Sefer Mishlei, we call it Proverbs as Bible. I'm messing with y'all. Here we go. Sefer Mishlei 13. If you want to grow in wisdom, then spend time with the wise. Walk with the wicked, and you'll eventually become just like them. Hmm, that's a good one. That reminds me of the saying, we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Sefer Mishlei, or Proverbs 27, you've heard this one. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. That goes both ways, doesn't it? Oh, goodness. I'm trying not to comment on each one of these, and it's harder than you think. Oh, here. Here we go. Here's one of my own. Uh, let, it's so fitting. Let a proverb speak with no commentary and a parable disrupt with no interruption. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to read a couple of these wisdom sayings. Sefer Mishlei 12. To learn the truth, you must long to be teachable. Or... You can despise correction and remain ignorant. You've heard this one, uh, Proverbs 4. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 21. It's better to live in a hut in the wilderness than with a crabby, scolding spouse. I love that one. I don't know why. Uh, note to self, Eli, don't be a crabby, scolding spouse. I have been that spouse, by the way. Thankfully, thankfully, my lady has not yet moved to a hut in the wilderness. <laughs> she knows we'd all just follow her out there anyway. Uh, or this one, it's kind of like it. Better to live on the corner of a roof than to share a house with a quarrelsome wife. <laughs> oh, So many of these are about wealth because this book, Shefer Mishlei, Proverbs, really, really cares about equity and justice. So you have words like this from Proverbs 11. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Or Proverbs 21, the wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Hmm. Proverbs 12, work hard at your job and you'll have what you need. Following a get-rich-quick scheme is nothing but fantasy. That's the passion translation, by the way, if that sounds like... <laughs> not original language. Uh, Proverbs 28, greedy people try to get rich quick, but they don't realize they're headed for poverty. 
Proverbs 21, whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. Proverbs 3, 9, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine. All right, I cannot not say something here. Like, what does this even mean? How do you honor the Lord with your wealth? Sefer Mishlei, 1917. Whoever is kind to the poor, some versions will read, whoever gives to the poor, lends to the Lord. Hmm. Okay, I know this Lord stuff is weird for some of y'all. Stretch your mind for a minute. If there is a Lord guy, would you rather be in this Lord guy's debt? Or have this Lord guy be in your debt? Hmm? You see this, right? Here's this one again. Sefer Mishle, 1917. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. In other words, the Lord is in your debt when you are kind to the poor. Wow. Backing up. Sefer Mishle, 39. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. You see how these go together, right? Honor the Lord with your wealth. Hey, how do I do that? Easy. Be kind to the poor. And this author, the one that wrote both of these, says good things will come back to you. Now, this isn't magic, According to many of these Proverbs, this is just how the universe was set up to work. It's not the only time words like this are written either. Listen to these. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself cry out and not be answered. Proverbs 21. Whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. Proverbs 28. Hmm. He who hides his eyes. Life's going to be harder for you. Oh, man. Oh, here's a heavy one. This one is another one about wealth. So many of these are. It, it kind of rules our world these days. Proverbs 22, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is slave of the lender. Hmm. I'm stopping with the wealth proverbs after this one. This one isn't good, by the way. It's just true. This proverb isn't telling you what to do. It's telling you what not to do. When you read something like this, it's at once a warning and a cause for mourning borrower is slave to the lender. The author is saying, hey, hey, open your eyes. This isn't how it should be. Break this cycle. Watch out for these things in your sphere of influence. Oh, here's a fun one. Holding on to anger is like grasping a hot coal with the intent of throwing it at someone else. You are the one that gets burned. <laughs> Oh, that one comes from Buddha. I really like that. It reminds me of the saying about resentment. Uh, don't quote me on this one. I think Nelson Mandela might have said this first. Uh, resentment is like swallowing poison and expecting the other person to die. But I like Buddha's better because I can I can picture somebody going, oh, I'm going to scoop up this hot coal. I'm going to try to hit that dude across the street with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not going to go well for you. Duh, Sefer Mishle, so many of them are about wisdom. What is it? How do we get it? What does one who has it look like? How does that one live? 
Proverbs 9, uh, Proverbs 9.10 says, Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. And I love that. Quick comment here. For those with unhealthy religious backgrounds, hmm, unfortunately, that's most of us. Some of this can sound awful. Fear of the Lord, for God's sakes, that's what I'm trying to escape from. Oh, man, I wish I could look you in the eye and describe the heart of God. I do, because I believe more than anything that the story is so much better than most of us were told, but it's a long road to truth. And I know, you can't rush that. So let me just translate some of these Fear of the Lord passages for you. Uh, my first kid, his name is Riley. By the way, I wanted to name him Captain. But I didn't want my wife to live in a hut in the wilderness. So we went with Riley, which means warrior in Irish. That's pretty cool, too. So my first kid, I wasn't actually ready for a kid. I used to tease Lindsay and say that she tricked me into the first one. I'll skip the details of that little joke. Bottom line, I wasn't ready. But the moment I met him, oh, oh. well, you know, if you've ever fallen in love, you know, you know. I would have given anything for that little fella. I would have done anything, anything to spare him pain and lead him to grace and joy and goodness and hope and life and love and all the good things that are here. Of course I would. Any parent would. Here's the thing. I am sometimes a crabby, scolding spouse. <laughs> Who knew that proverb would be so relevant? Well, I guess the writer of Proverbs, you know, the fear of the Lord guy. Anyway, this writer of Proverbs, the fear of the Lord guy, he is not talking about a human when he writes this. And if you think the divine, hmm, hmm, if you think the divine, the, the infinitely patient, all sacrificing, surrendered, completely loving, full and good in her own right, the artist, the lover, the creator, the sustainer, the breath and the touch, the beauty, and the one who said, I would lay down my life for you. He came and in his own words said to give life and life that is fuller and fuller and fuller. If you think the divine is less loving than me, then I am sorry. I am. I'm sorry for the teaching, the training, the theology, the books, the words, the church, the whatever that led you to that conclusion. But I love this proverb because rather than being scared of a tyrant or a self-focused manic oppressor, I read fear of the Lord as honoring the one who has given all for all and gone before all. Or I guess simply keeping the right things in the right order. Like the first century author John said when he described this Lord as God is love. And then he also said, perfect love casts out all fear. God is love. Perfect love casts out all fear. That means that my little bit of love for whatever, whoever I love the very deepest, it's, it's only borrowed from actual divine love. So when Proverbs 9 says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. This proverb is imploring us to keep right things in the right place. And it's not for God's sake. It's for our sakes. See, God never requires anything for himself. Everything he requires is for your benefit and the benefit of other people. Think about the lending to the Lord proverb. How do you do that? By giving to the poor 
Fear of the Lord means you honor what's right and good and beautiful and just. How? Always, ever, in the way you treat other people. Always for the other. Fear of the Lord, keeping the right perspective, the right perspective. This proverb said that leads to good judgment. Oh, and now we're proverbing. Let's talk about good judgment. That word comes from justice, which is the same word in Hebrew as righteousness. So you read things like this in Proverbs 4.18, but the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. This one may just be my favorite, by the way. Did you catch it? The path of the just or the path of justice or the path of righteousness. It's the same word is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. This author is saying the path, the way, the daily direction, righteousness and justice. It's like the way dawn breaks, the way the sun rises. The more you follow, the more you walk after justice, the brighter and clearer and better the world becomes. I love it. Hmm. Historically, this is so evident, isn't it? I mean, cultures go a certain way for years. And then a few voices begin to speak out. Hey, hey, this isn't right. This isn't equitable. This isn't fair or just. Hey, these people are being taken advantage of. And before you know it, that light begins to dawn. And then more and more people are speaking. And then there's a movement. And then there's a shift to a more just culture. Hmm. We are in some of those cultural moments right now. And they are so good. Path of righteousness, justice, is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Sefer Mishlei 22. Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge. Proverbs 2.3. Call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding. Proverbs 19. Do yourself a favor and love wisdom. Learn all that you can and then watch your life flourish and prosper. Proverbs 3, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience and turn entirely away from evil. There it is again. Fear the Lord. Why? Because some sky God is keeping score? No. No, because God is only ever always for you. By the way, the Lord originally, uh, the, the first word was aye. That's in the Hebrew sacred text, Shema. We call it Exodus. It gets changed to Yahweh. We pronounce it Yahweh, but the Hebrew way of saying God, creator, love, sustainer. Many scholars think the original word was just a sound. <laughs> like, how cool is that? It couldn't be pronounced or spelled because it's not really a word. It's a sound. So this Lord, the one that the Proverbs author tells us we should, we should follow and fear, that we should go after, this Eye, that's the word for I am, or this Yahweh, that's the word for he is. It's the sound, say the original Hebrew scholars, it's the sound of breath, breathing in and out. All oh, this, I love this. I haven't actually thought about this in over 20 years till I cracked the book of Proverbs. Um, I did this breathing exercise once with kids when I was first a youth pastor. I just had them breathe. Some of my listeners might even remember this. Uh, I had them breathe for like a minute, which felt like forever as they breathed because junior hires do not yet brush their teeth. So they breathe, you know, in and out. So, 
however you make a breath. And then I had them say some of the common terms for God, just just like raise your hands and offer some up. Breathing was super easy, but the words for God was hard. They were uncomfortable. It was awkward. And then I taught in the Hebrew word, Eyeh, and then Yahweh. But the big question was, why is it hard to say words like God or Jesus or Lord or Christ or, or any of these words when it's so easy just to breathe? <laughs> or in other words, just to speak the name that the divine gives herself. Hmm. You do it every time you take a breath. I love that. Uh, by the way, Rend Collective has a song called Yahweh. It will bring you here to this truth in the way that only art can do. Give that a listen. It's so good. Anyway, while I was teaching this to my youth group, my wife was days away from having our first son, Riley. Hey, that's two mentions for Riley in Way Good Life. Uh, I remember these classes we were taking where I was supposed to help her breathe. And we were taking these classes at the same time that I was discovering that breathing is the original name of God. Oh, man. Breathe in, breathe out. God, God, God. That's what I was supposed to help her say. And then our son, you know, Riley, that's three mentions. Let's go, Riley. Riley took his first breath weeks later, and it sounded like this. <sighs> Please tell me you're tracking. <laughs> so this Lord stuff, this Bible stuff, this wisdom, fear, and right and good, it's there because there is a divine to honor, and you do it every time you say his name and then live out his nature. By the way, his nature is love if you're new to this thing. So you breathe in, you breathe out, and then you live in and you live out the truth of love. Simple, right? Proverbs 3, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Proverbs 21, to do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. There it is. Why do we always think religion, or this author uses the word sacrifice, why do we always think that is the way forward? This proverb, just like the prophets, just says, hey, just do what's right. Which, by the way, comes from one of the first stories in the Hebrew Torah. Someone is making a sacrifice, and the divine voice speaks. And what's he say? Does he say, oh, I need a bigger sacrifice? No. No, he says, just do what's right. This is like page two or page three in the Christian Bible. And it becomes a thread throughout. What's right is right and right has always been right. And you know it when you see it. We all do. Hmm. To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. Proverbs 4. Wisdom is the most important thing. So go get wisdom. If it costs everything you have, get understanding. Let's go away, good life. I have pages of Proverbs in front of me, but I do try to keep these short. So I got to put a wrap on this one uh, with a couple other original way, good life Proverbs uh, first heard right here. Here we go. Shelves of uncracked books are like unworn sneakers and CDs that never get played might as well be coasters. Be friends with everyone, but choose your mentors as if you are building your dream house. Proverbs are gold if you invest them, but garbage if you throw them away. 
get the worst of the day finished first and quickly. <laughs> okay, that one might be rubbish. I don't know. Oh, vacation is fine, but if you don't miss your life during it, you need a bigger life, not a bigger vacation. Hmm. Every day is worth celebrating. Gratitude is the greatest gift you can give yourself. Avoid stepping in things you wouldn't want to rub on your face. And this one, from the Hebrew people to you. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. And then, live that same nature, in and out, every day, in your life. All right, I know it's time. If you listen to Way Good Life, please share it. But even more today, would you pick one of these proverbs or write your own? But come on, make a plan to live it. Because a proverb merely spoken is like a bicycle that's broken. You just ain't going nowhere. Seriously, we don't lack information, wisdom, knowledge, or research. We lack putting what we know into practice. There it is. I mean, there it is. So make a plan. Put it into practice. It will change your life. Like the most famous of Hebrew rabbis said, if you hear this and it resonates with you, then do it. Hmm. All right, guys. Here's a blessing. I really am going to wrap this up. May you take steps to do what you know you should do. Not to appease some leftover idea. And, and certainly not because you're afraid that God is actually less loving towards a kid than a 25-year-old new father. That's me. But because, because the God who loves over, beyond, through, within, above, and below, that God is for you and with you and about you and that God. That being wants your best. So may you join him in taking steps of wisdom towards your best. The good is always good, and what's good for you is good for all. Be blessed. Be I gotta add this on. This one's too good to skip. Sefer Mishle. Better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a fattened ox served with hatred. Oh, here's one. The righteous care for the needs of their animals, but the kindest acts of the wicked are cruel. Oh, and this one. Proverbs 30. There are four things on earth that are small, but unusually large. Ants, they are strong, but they store up food all summer. Pyrexes, they aren't powerful, but they make their homes among their flocks. Locusts, they have no king, but they march in formation. Lizards, they're easy to catch, but they're even found in king's palaces. So good. Be blessed and do something. There's a hundred